I remember the start of the Kardashians. He was just kind of like there. So how was that transition of making well, him like come out as Scott? Like you know, Scott met Courtney through me and my friend Sean Stewart. Okay. He would come to LA with no clothes, no nothing, no watch, no anything, and he was living on my couch. I think Kylie's a million to post, right? Or something. What? I've done deals yeah. for Kylie. I mean, you could buy Kylie for two hundred fifty thousand. You could buy her for a million. Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, David Weintraub. How's it going? How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How you doing? Man. Great to see y'all. Can't complain. I'd love to hear a brief summary of your life. <laughs> yeah, if you could yeah, you condense a brief it to 60 know, seconds. Yeah, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta do it real brief. Yeah, you um, You know, I, uh, I am a uh, entertainment executive, mm-hmm. uh, TV show creator, manager, producer. I was a former agent. I got, I got my start as a A&R at Interscope and Death Row Records, working with, you know, the heyday of the Dog Pound and Snoop and Tupac. Uh, worked for Eminem for a while. Was a talent agent at William Morris and UTA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had my own management company and production company for the last 15 years. Made over 2,000 hours of television. Mm. And, uh, you know, we've represented everybody from uh, 50 Cent to Sarah Palin to uh, Ray J. Scott Disick and, you know, the Housewives and Love and Hip Hop cast and every reality star under the sun. And now we've segued into the influencer space heavily. Wow. So the influencer business is really like a key point of entry now for us in the uh, digital media space. That's insane. So you grew up around a lot of celebrities and you found a way to monetize it, basically. Yeah, you know, growing up in Beverly Hills, um, I, you know, I come from a family of like doctors and lawyers, but everybody that I was surrounded with, they were all like studio chiefs and actors and record company owners and like, you know, billionaires. And of course, like I grew up in a great household and um, I was able to, you know, make some great relationships in the private school system at uh, in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to not be a doctor or a lawyer and I wanted to become, you know, an entertainment mogul. Right. And um one of my best friends, uh, who was my co-star of my first TV show, Sons of Hollywood, on A&E, uh, his dad is Aaron Spelling, who is the most prolific television producer of all time. Mm-hmm. So I was able to live, you know, 16 years watching Aaron and his lifestyle mm-hmm. and his business and all of the crazy TV shows that he made. So I wanted to be someone that was not only an executive, but somebody that was able to come up with their own content ideas and then take them from like a thought in your head to full fruition. Mm. And uh, I've been blessed to be able to do that in the non-scripted pop culture world, not in the scripted world that he was in, right. but in our own little segmented world of pop culture. So speaking of the non-scripted <clears throat> world, you were able to get the biggest deals of all time in that world. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have like we've hit some record precedent hitting deals for talent in that world with, uh, you know, Ray J. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but Ray J is like the highest paid guy in all of non-scripted male fronted reality TV. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, makes the close to two hundred thousand dollars per episode on a TV show. Wow. Every episode. So if they order 20 episodes times two hundred thousand, you know, 
That's a that bag. could be done every six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bag right there. I man. didn't know Ray <laughs> made that much. Yeah. I didn't either. No, I didn't know either. So yeah. he, him and you said, so Scott Disick is, is your guy too, right? Scott Disick was, uh, you know, Scott likes. Uh, How did that transition go? Because he, I remember the, the start of the Kardashians. He was just kind of like there. Then he just kind of showed up. So how was that transition of making well, him like come out as Scott? Like, you know, Scott met Courtney. Mm -hmm through me and my friend Sean Stewart okay. when we had our TV show Sons of Hollywood. Right. And uh, that was about a year before the Kardashian show was picked up and then came out. So he was kind of just, you know, moving along, knowing us and mm -hmm. we knew them and he, you know, they had, they fell in love. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time for him to need a deal, I was the manager, I was the agent, I was the guy that knew how to do that. So I put together the team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a, uh, He's a guy who had a big personality mm -hmm. and was able to be in the right place at the right time and have a relationship with somebody who exploded in television. Mm -hmm. And subsequently, he got to go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's the trick to the trade for everybody out there, but, you know, a lot of people can fake it till they make it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, he was living on my couch. Wow. You know, he would come to L.A. with no clothes, no nothing, no watch, no anything, and basically be on Sean Stewart's couch or my couch and trying to be in our shows. Mm -hmm. And through that, he... You know, hit the jackpot. Yeah, it became Scott wow. Disick. He's, he's a brand now. Yeah. yeah, he's a brand. No, it wasn't Rags. <clears throat> he's from the Hamptons. Is he? No, he's from. I mean, he's not from the. I, there's a lot of like. I don't want. You know, that's my bro. I like. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah, well, love for him, but like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, like, like. <laughs> but I, I, I can't give him the rag. I mean, I mean, if you look at all of my TV shows, yeah, my yeah, first yeah. TV shows, when yeah. you see like people in the suits pulling up the way they pull mm -hmm. up. Everything that he aspired to dress like and be on TV, sure. I was doing, you know, before that. Oh, okay. So you got to, like, learn from somebody. Gotcha. Right, right. You were also the gotcha. youngest talent manager ever at UTA. I was a talent agent talent at that agent. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, so I spent two years at William Morris, and then I spent six and a half years at UTA. Mm -hmm. And uh, UTA was a motion picture talent agent. So technically, mm -hmm. I was supposed to, like, read scripts and, like, look for movie deals for you know, the Jack Blacks and the Owen Wilsons and the Harrison Fords and all these people and like, mm -hmm. you know, try to find movies for them. But I wound up signing a lot of people that were, you know, emerging as pop culture talent, mm -hmm. like the Osbournes and like Paris Hilton and, you know, the kids from Laguna Beach and the kids from the Hills and this sort of wave of pop culture that was happening. Those were kids that I knew. So those were like the influencers before influencing. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, through that, I was able to really move my way up very quickly in the agency world. So I was like suit and tie guy, you know, black card from the agency, you know, mm -hmm. meetings, lunches, you know, breakfast and uh, going to premieres and every event mm -hmm. under the sun. And, you know, just being a part of that mm -hmm. Hollywood community in a very, mm -hmm. uh, you know, front facing way, which I'm, I'm not now. I'm really more of a, you know, I don't, I don't do all the events and all that. I try to like, you know, I, I don't feel like that's uh, good for, you know, actually closing deals. Mm -hmm. So back then I was, you know, Mr. Personality out at everything. And that's kind of why A&E decided to do a television show about my life. Wow. Um, but yeah, I was, I was the, you know, I, I got promoted to agent at uh, 20, 24 years old. Wow, so you didn't even go to college. No, I did. I went to USC. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went to, yeah, I studied business, entertainment business there. Wow. So I, I my first job was at Interscope Records. It was an internship when I was 15 to a full-time <laughs> job as a, as, as a junior A&R. Mm. And then Interscope owned Death Row. 
So I started working at Death Row, and then Death Row let me stay on and work at uh, Death Row while I was in college. Got it. And then my my buddy discovered Eminem, took Eminem to Dre, and uh, I wound up leaving Death Row to go work for Eminem. Can't complain with that move. What did you do <laughs> for Eminem? And let me ask you a question. Yeah. How, how did you not... Well, I don't know, but how are you not, like, f***ed up mentally? You don't know me well enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean not, you, don't, you, don't, you don't seem like, like, you just seem like, you know, like, <laughs> most cats is like, you meet them and it's like, yeah, they got them. You know, you know the industry usually gets well, people well, in when you're the deal maker yeah you're the guy that like handles the business right you can't really get up mm, so bro. the people that get up mm-hmm. are the talent mm. right because they don't give a shit and they're out there being talent mm. so if you're talent mm-hmm. like you have to we have to protect our talent we have to save them mm-hmm. from the alcohol the drugs mm-hmm. the scammers mm-hmm. you got to save them from that mm-hmm. so the business people you can't f- up. If you f- up, you are not going to make it. Right. Now, granted, mm-hmm. stress, lifestyle, and yeah. being in the mix, yeah. you can get caught up. Yeah. You know? But even with that, you're dealing with so much, like, power. Like, how do you, how, how, how did you stay grounded? Or did you well, have I was, I, w- I mean, my, my ego has gone up and down. You okay, know, okay, I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm definitely sure about my abilities right. and, like, my track record and, like, Goals that I wanted to attain, right. I attained. I wanted to be an A and R at a major record Got label. It. I did that three three times. I wanted to be a talent agent. Right. I did that. I made it. Got I it. was one of one hundred that got promoted when I finally made it. And then I was in the boardroom. And then I gave that up. Then I wanted to create a TV show. Mm. I created it. And I also mm. wanted to star in it. And I starred in it. Yeah. So I took ideas that were in my brain. And I got people to invest in them. And when A&E invested in my first television show, Mm -hmm. they spent over $17 million on that show. So like I said, this is my concept. I know that my world is a show. My best friend is Randy Spelling. My other best friend is Sean Stewart, Mm -hmm. who's Rod Stewart's son. And Mm -hmm. we're all in the mix in this reality Mm -hmm. version of Entourage. Mm -hmm. And they bit and they bought it and went all the way. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you're on billboard you're on a commercial you're 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 everywhere but as much as you expect that to be a hit tv show Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't always work that way because it turned out that show did well Mm -hmm. you know we did a lot of episodes of it but it didn't go for a very long time right people knew it and it had a huge presence huge Mm -hmm. marketing but the next show that i was a part of which was celebrity rehab Mm -hmm. That was a monster hit and made millions and millions of dollars for my company. Wow. So it was kind of like you got to learn one mm-hmm. to kind of fine tune it to then get to the next one. And the next one might not work, but then the next one works. And then the one that you never expect to work, mm-hmm. that's the one you might f-ing retire off of. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you got to think about that, man. You got to think about all the all the things that you have in the burner. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the all the all the. All the coals that you got lit. Which one's going to pop first? You know, I got to turn this one over. I got to turn that one. I got to adjust that. Oh, I got to fix the deal on that. You don't know which one's going to work. And then yeah. when it does work, it can work to the next level. Right. And, and and I'm in the next phase of that now with the new businesses that I'm trying to do and working with influencers like yourselves because mm-hmm. you have to adapt to the changes in right. the industry. And there's right. huge changes going on right now. I mean, everything is based on a metric. Mm-hmm. Your entire existence as talent is based on a number 
a quantified number that is on an analytic of what your views, likes, counts, everything is there. <clears throat> and basically a brand is going to look at you and decide how much your value is. Mm. Are you $500 or 500 million? What do you mm. want to be? Mm-hmm. That's the question. And every day these buyers ask me that. Yeah. So I'll put up 10 people. Mm-hmm. Very diverse. One will have more press than the other. One will be on a TV show. One will be the biggest person. One will be the biggest YouTube person. And they look at it and they go, uh, 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 does it check all the boxes? Okay, here's X amount of dollars to do X amount of posts. Mm-hmm. And you, that's where the business has now come. Wow. You know, it's not based on anything else. So it's kind of simplified it, but it's also made it, you can crush somebody's dreams in a second because they one person may have talent but the other one's got the metrics exactly yeah and may have zero talent yeah but he's actually more important because his his influence goes further than your talent yeah so they'll they're always going to go there because of the reach yeah yeah there's actors that can't get roles but if you have 10 million followers you could probably get that role yeah i'm not even talking about actors i mean i'm talking about pop culture i'm talking Mm -hmm. about celebrity chefs Mm -hmm. hosts reality stars influencers right fans girl you mm. know what i mean like there's a metric for everybody yeah. mm. so the game has changed yeah um and the weirdest thing is is that there's more money quicker now like the money happens so much quicker the influencer the influencers that i work with i have huge name rappers that we manage mm-hmm. okay the influencers make five times what they make you serious yeah wow quicker and they have to do less work oh rappers make money but he's paying like faster money in the faster money faster money more deals quicker 24 hour a day business rappers there's like six different entities pulling from one dollar the music label the music label the producers the writers the engineers and management well you also have to think about how much work you have to do okay because like Mm. the biggest money in being a performer is obviously streams and doing shows Mm -hmm. okay so the show money you got to actually get on a plane go to a city you know, it, it's it's a whole process. An influencer, social media star, you're seeing they're doing some shit with your phone. You Buy edit it, pop it off, boom, push the link, <laughs> da da da, ten thousand dollars. You know, ten thousand. <laughs> right. Like you know, you got guys that are getting Kylie, ten thousand, yeah. ten thousand a minute. Yeah, yeah. Wow, ten thousand a yeah. minute. I mean, I'm not kidding you. So I think Kylie's a million a post, right? Or something. What? Like I've done deals yeah. for Kylie. I mean, you know, she, you you can buy, you can you can get her. It depends on the brand. You could buy Kylie for two hundred fifty thousand. You could buy her for a million. For a depends post. on what you bought her that's, for. It depends yeah. on if she wants to do it. That's still a you lot. Know? Yeah. So, do you see influencers kind of being the new celebrity, modern day celebrity? They are, but I and I don't want to put anyone down. I mean, it's just a different type of talent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You'll see a lot of people that are like, "Oh, you don't sing, you don't rap, you don't do art, you don't know how to cook, you don't know how to rest. You're just like funny and you're talking shit." But like that has become a skill and right. a talent. Mm-hmm. So basically, your, your your point of view is your celebrity. That is your talent. You're outspoken. You're willing to say something. You're willing to do something. But that also comes with like a different level of like how fast people become famous. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start making millions of dollars at 15 for posting videos, by the time you're 24, your shit is tweaked. You have no comprehension of what a real dollar takes to make mm. because you made so much money so young so that like you, de- I, I, I mean, I know influencers that are, that have, were making millions and millions of dollars at 15 years old and now they're 25, 26 and they have no concept of money. They, as much money as they make is as much money as they spend. Yep. They're wow. not saving. They have no credit. Mm. They have no. So it's kind of like, it's sad because mm. you got to be smart. Yeah. 
So it's not really the best thing to make money at a young age, you're saying? Well, uh, I mean, no matter what, I think making money is the best yeah. thing. But yeah, you know, He's you're not going to be like, no, don't give me the fucking money. No, <laughs> no, need, not us. You but, need education behind it. Yeah. You need someone managing you and teaching you along the way so that money is an object, not just, the, not just the objective. You know, and and that's why you started the Hollywood Handbook to guide yeah, people. Yeah, so um, so I have my new virtual training program that, I'm, uh, that I've been working on for three years now, and I'm actually just ready to launch it this summer. It's called the Hollywood Handbook, and it's a true insider's guide into how to make it in Hollywood, mm. how to become a rapper, an actor, a rock star, a reality star, a social media star, mm -hmm. how to do your PR, how to create TV shows, how to uh, meet with brands, how to pitch people like me, how to pitch networks. Basically, how do you get the entry point into the entertainment business? Mm -hmm. The Hollywood Handbook is all of the secret sauce over my 25 years of being in the industry and all of the stars that we've been a part of, t hit TV shows, celebrities that came out of nowhere from you know the sides of the Housewives and the Kardashians and Ray J and Scott and Brody mm -hmm. Jenner and Spencer Pratt and the guys from the Hills and every other show you could imagine you know, how did we take people like that and catapult them? And that's what you're going to learn in the Hollywood Handbook. So the mm. Hollywood Handbook has really never been done with kind of an insider's view mm. of what this world is like. And you're actually also, depending on what level you mm. want to get to, I, I want to hear your pitch. I want to see what you're talking about. I want to... I want to be immersed with the audience too because I need to hear ideas. I'll, and if I believe in them, I'll get behind them. Wow. I'll take you to the meeting. I'll set it up for you. I want to see what's really out there and people who can really follow the direction because if you can do that, you can become the next Kim K. You can be the next Paris. You mm. can be the next Jake Paul, Ray J. You mm. can be any of these guys. You and, and listen, if you have a lot of talent, show me the talent right? because we can set that off for you. We can get you record deals. We can put you on TV shows. We can get you brand deals. Mm -hmm. So the Hollywood handbook is kind of like a meeting point and a mentoring business, but it's also a guidebook. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sounds really valuable to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the insider's point of view. It's yeah. Kind of give you the answers to the tests. And it's it's very pop culture. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's guided toward... People that that you know, so it's not biased. It's, it's for everybody who wants to get in, no matter what race. But, it, but it's, color. Pop, it's pop culture. Yeah. But so so it's 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 really about reality rappers, influencers, yeah. social media. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we're gonna take on Shakespeare yeah. and actors and right. help them, but I, that's not really what I see people aspiring to be. All right. People want to be social media stars. You right. want to be famous and make as much money as mm -hmm. possible in the quickest way possible. And if you can figure out those solutions to do it, mm -hmm. there's a very easy way to do it. The other thing that we're really, really good at is um, brand management and PR. Mm -hmm. So we have really strategic relationships with many media companies to help get you visibility. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to teach you how to go viral, how to create content, and how to basically take your content and make people care about it in the media. Mm -hmm. So it's not just being picked up like, you know, on the main page of Instagram yeah. or TikTok, heating up your, your story. Mm -hmm. It's about really taking it to the next level and being written about in GQ mm -hmm. and Cosmopolitan Magazine mm -hmm. and Vogue and big places like that. You know, you want to be on TMZ? You want to be on Daily Mail? I'll show you how to do it. It's not hard. There's like a, a but like every celebrity that you see out there, mm -hmm. 
has relationships with media companies. Right. That's all about it. Like, that's what life's about. Like if, relationships. If, if, if you think everybody from Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie down <laughs> to, you know, Kim K and Ray J yeah. and these everybody mm-hmm. talks to the media. Right. It's a strategic play. Having those relationships from day one got you to where you're at right now. Billion dollar brands are created like this. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's like, oh, it just happened organically. <laughs> yeah, there's an organic process to it, but you got to know how to like make the call. For sure. Even know? with paparazzi, paparazzi are planted there when you're walking out of the bowling alley, when you're walking out of the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're speaking the truth. A lot of people want to deny that. But bro, <laughs> you planted, know, bro. We, they called them themselves, right? Yeah, not them, but they were. They knew where I mean, they it were. It depends on who you're saying is them. them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Them is a lot of people. But, yeah. Um, We'll teach you how to do it. We can also intro these relationships to you because everybody wants to be a part of social media now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really out there talking to y'all out there. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I want I want to see the YouTubers. I want to see the fans girls. I want to see the <laughs> rappers. I want to know about all of them, mm-hmm. you know, because the business has changed. I mean, you 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 obviously see fans business. Oh, yeah. What that is, yeah. I mean... That is the, there are people that are richer than anyone could ever imagine with never having to leave their house because of that platform. Yep. I've seen mm-hmm. girls make millions a month. Yeah. We have a JV with a company called uh, Unruly Agency. Oh, they're huge. And um, yeah, yeah, Unruly is a wonderful company. Um, and uh, my partners over there that we have a lot of clients that we share together. You know, they have they have a very unique way that they have monetized content Mm -hmm. and understand the algorithm and how to push it and how to market it. And with what I do and my side, it's been a great JV between the two of us. And we've had a lot of success. And that's a business that's like, you know, you want to see overnight money. You know, it can happen overnight, Mm -hmm. literally. And we can plug you in that direction. So if you really want to make it in that world too, you have to know how to do every kind of business. Sure, I can make you a record deal. I can show you how to make a TV show. Mm-hmm. I can show you how to create a fans business. You got to know how to do all of them. Right. You know, and that's where the evolution of this game is. So if you're not staying focused on the big picture of how the evolution of entertainment is happening, you're lost. Mm-hmm. And I am at the crux of that with my clients and my company. That's awesome. Why do you think a lot of celebrities fall off, especially music artists? Well, there's a statement in music that you're only as current as your latest hit. Mm -hmm. So you're only as current and credible as your latest hit. Now, you could have monster hits, okay? And those are going to be timeless classics that no matter what, you're going to make money off of. But you have to keep Keep reinventing. You know what I mean? You've got to stay current with the sound. Mm -hmm. You've got to stay current with the culture. Um, it's but, hard to be a Drake. It's hard to be well, a Drake. Yeah, not mean, a lot of artists last. You're talking about the one percent. Why there's like a top five? Yeah, yeah. You know? consistency to me is my number one when it comes to naming top five artists because yeah. they've been around for so long. That's true. You know, you know, you know. We managed Too Short, who's been a part of my company mm-hmm. for 20 years, and he's made yeah. over 23 albums. Wow. And uh, you know, we have a group called Mount Westmore with Snoop and uh, Ice Cube and E40, and we've done a huge arena tours all around the country for the last two years had a big hit album but short is someone that like stays timeless through all the generations but how rap. how because of, because he's he you know he he's got his own lane that he's in he wasn't this or he wasn't that and he made enough hits and worked with enough people that those hits are so memorable and you know when you're mm-hmm. like the pimp rapper mm-hmm. and you know you got your own little niche yeah. that stays timeless yeah mm. 
Yeah, because I don't remember him having a bunch of hits. I've, I've never even heard. How old are you? Yeah. 34. 34? Yeah. Where are you from? L.A. Are you from L.A.? Well, yeah. you know, Short's from L.A. too. I mean, he's from Oakland, but I know. No, he's from L.A., oh, but he, okay. he grew he up, up in Oakland. Oakland. Okay, so. Yeah. I mean, I know his lingo, but I never, you don't really hear. I'm, oh, bro, he, you know, he, he had, he had, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked to hear you said, but there, you know, literally no, I know record after record. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. definitely a, a pioneer, but I just, as far as from like him being on, you know, I mean. He's not main mainstream. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like Ice Cube or. Yeah, like well, I mean, he is someone who has stayed in the game. A long time. A very long time. And with the right team, you continue to stay in the game. And with the right music, you could stay in the game forever. Mm-hmm. And if you have an archive of hits, mm-hmm. you can always perform. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. We do three shows a week every week for the last 20 years. Wow. That's Too insane. short. Too short. Yeah. Sheesh. That's every consistency day. right there. You know? Not a lot we of just, We just did it. He just did every arena there is with Snoop and Cube and E-40 with Mount Westmore. That's you insane. Know? So what were your favorite shows to make? I know you did one with Wires Only. Yes. So, uh, you know, my boy R.D. Wires Only, the one and only, the true plug, you know, the planes, the jets, the boats, the guy. Um, You know, I wanted to learn the car game when I got into cars pretty heavy Mm. about 10 years ago. And I was really buying a lot of cars and trading a lot of cars and customizing a lot of and he wanted to get in the TV game. Mm -hmm. Were you getting Scott his cars? Uh, he got Scott a couple cars. Yeah. He got, I mean, Scott RD, RD got cars for you. Yeah. RD's gotten cars for everybody, yeah. you know, straight up. <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, he want to learn how to get a TV mm-hmm. and I want to learn how to buy cars at dealer prices. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like exchanged the, the formulas yeah. and it's, it's all played out very well. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's. His show, Million Dollar Wheels, you know, they they, they, they had a big run on, on uh, TNT, a big run on Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who who else can you watch buy, sell, and trade those kind of interesting cars? But that didn't happen overnight. RD's show, ha- RD's show took five years to make. Mm. Wow. So you think it's like, oh, let's make it happen right now? You know, it, it, you know it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's, Damn. it's a lot. Five years? Five years. Yeah. Um, so you were the only white person working at Death Row Records. <laughs> white person? White person. Um, I was not the only white person working there. Um, that's very racist. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I I was the uh, I was the white boy. So yeah. so it's a big difference. So a white person and a white boy. It was okay. So it's a weird thing. All right. Yeah. So so I'm I'm working at Interscope Records. So Interscope is this big conglomerate mega record label, and then they own. They co-own Death Row and do the distribution. Does so Dr. It, Dre own Interscope? No. Okay. No, Jimmy Iovine owns Jimmy Iovine. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So so we're all in the same building, mm-hmm. all right? So Death Row is kind of like its own area and then Interscope, but it's, everything is all connected. Now, I worked in the rap department mm-hmm. of Interscope, so all we did was deal with Death, Death Row. Row products. And basically, I'd gotten into USC – I was going to go study in the entertainment business program, which I got my degree in. And um, I didn't want to stop working. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I talked to Jimmy and I talked to the guys at Interscope and they were like, either, why don't we, why don't you stay on full time? Jimmy, I mean with USC, right? He has a school there. He has a school there. He didn't yeah, go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and come, either, either stay on full time or come back. You can't do both. Mm-hmm. 
And Suge said to me, well, you can do both. So I'm 18 years old. I'm making $60,000 a year, which was a lot in 1996. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you're going to come and you can go to school three days a week. And you're going to work at death row the rest of the time. Wow. And that's what I did. And it was wild. So I was at USC. I had the death row chain. I had, you know, the cars with the rims and all the crazy. <laughs> and I was like this white Jewish kid from Beverly Hills <laughs> who works at death row records. You were the and, guy. And people couldn't, people were they just dumbfounded. Because I got to do stuff that people don't get to do. Right. You know, I got to, so when Suge was in jail, basically Michelle had all the checks. So like, like, no, she had the stamp to the check. So how it would work is Suge would call in from jail and from prison rather. And he would say, okay, well we gotta do, we gotta pay everybody. We gotta mm -hmm. pay artists, gotta pay everybody. And we'd have a handful of checks. The accountant would print it up. I would take the checks and then I would go to Michelle's house. And then Michelle would have the check. Suge would call Michelle. She'd come out with the stamp and she would do boom, 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 boom. So like the payroll at death row, like I was the guy that had to execute the payroll. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I, I got to do stuff that nobody got to do. I, I was the guy who would move all the reels, like the original reels of Tupac's voice for all the albums. Mm -hmm. They couldn't trust a lot of people to carry that stuff. And I was somebody that wasn't a target. So like, we'll have him do it. Have mm -hmm. him do it. He can go to the bank. Mm -hmm. He can he can move around in a different way because, you know, it was a a race thing, obviously. It, 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 but it was safety. They trusted you. People think it was like a very, like, it was like a gang operate. It was a real functioning mega record label, but it was a little gangster. You know no, what they, I mean? They signed gangsters. That's what it was. So, it, yeah, it, it was, wasn't so much that they signed gangsters. It just that was the nature of the business and the nature of the world. But it wasn't that crazy. Looking back on mm -hmm. it now, it was crazy. Yes, it's crazy <laughs> but yeah. i didn't think about it like yeah. that i was just so happy to be a part of it mm. to have the plaques and to have the clothes and the chain and to be doing something that like wow like i look up to these artists but that was history uh, though history yeah yeah you were part of like history being in that at atmosphere with you know with those pioneers i mean suge had a stable yeah i mean Music now today is a mere reflection of what Death Row Records was like. Yeah, a lot of these cats is mimicking that lifestyle. Of that course, look, bro. Every, every just, everything is that. It's just in a different form, but right. bro, that's Snoop, that's Dr. Dre, that's, that's Nas. Yeah, well, yeah. you also have to remember Eminem, too. Eminem, Jack Harlow wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Eminem. Right. You have to remember too is that this is in the age of physical albums. Physical albums had much more value than streams of digital music. Yeah. That was an actual thing that had to be manufactured. So the money and the margins were much bigger. Mm. So if you sold 10 million records. That was huge. At seventeen ninety five a record. Yeah. I want you to think about those numbers. And they had to go buy the records. You had to go buy the records. So the money is three times what the money was in. Mm. So to be an independent African-American man that owned his own masters, mm. had his own record label, had the biggest artist in the world, mm. he made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Suge did. Yeah, hundreds. Brother, Wow. But the toys, and like when he went in, you know, because I was like trying to like really grasp what had happened because my transition out of Interscope into Death Row really happened right after 
Pac died. Mm -hmm. And um, Pac was shot on my birthday, my mm -hmm. 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, and then he died like five days. You know, it was very shocking because that whole summer was just the summer of, you know, all eyes on me and just, you know, being a part of that culture. And, mm -hmm. you know, I got to see, Suge went to jail very quickly after that. And then mm -hmm. I was like really in the trenches at death row. Mm -hmm. So to see all of the accumulation of the Ferraris and the Rolls Royces and, you know, refrigerators full of crystal and jewelry and houses and private planes and helicopters and boats and everything that they accumulated with that much money at that time, it was absolutely remarkable. You were in a prime all that Bro, I used to go to his like, you know, to his warehouse where he had all, while he's in there and they would have like, 20 refrigerators stacked in 75 bottles high of cold crystal. Wow. Just sitting there like waiting. It's like, why'd you buy that much? <laughs> I also had to do weird stuff. Like Suge had a piranha tank in his office. Mm -hmm. I would have to feed the piranhas. <laughs> What'd you feed it? Goldfish every week. You have to go to the gold. You have to wow. go to the pet store, get a bunch of goldfish, go in there, feed that. And you know, you're in there and it's like, you know, you got, you got, you got a movement of culture. And then all of a sudden, like, you're in there doing the mundane stuff that's just so crazy and bizarre. Mm. So it's it, 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 it but it, they respected you though, like they 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 never like with you. Never absolutely died. not. My nickname at Death Row, I, I had a name. That's what they knew me as, mm -hmm. and I, I was known as Super Dave. Super Dave. Super Dave. Super Dave. Super Dave was this like cartoon guy uh, that like people knew in the 80s uh, you guys probably don't know who that is but i'm sure this guy does anyway so like it was a spin on that it was like the urban play on that for the white mm -hmm. jewish boy from beverly mm -hmm. hills they called him super dave so all like my death row clothes and shit had you know you ever had their nickname wow so that's what they called me why do you think death row failed because at its peak it's worth over a billion dollars death row didn't fail no nobody failed people got caught up and parts of the businesses all failed death row as a whole is a groundbreaking company that well, snoop dogg that, bought it Snoop Dogg has has the rights to it. You know what I mean? Oh, like okay. there's people there's I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but like it's hard to say who really owns what and what and how you're going to exploit licenses and exploit mm -hmm. masters and whatever those things are. But there is a business there. So I wouldn't call it a failure. It was just mismanaged. It was a trend setting business. People should follow what not to do, but also take the inspiration from this story mm. and be able to take it to the next level. Mm. Obviously, like the Drakes of the world and the cash monies and a lot of these other businesses that have swapped with that, it wouldn't have happened without the story of Death Row. And to own your own masters, like that's it. What do people want today? They want to own their masters. What do we want to own? We want to own our IP. We want to own our TV shows. Mm -hmm. We want to own our companies. We don't want to just be a person that got paid to do a post. You want to own the company, own the distribution. So like at that time, that was semi unheard of mm -hmm. for somebody like that to get that from a place like Interscope. Right. So you got to follow in those footsteps, it, you know, this goes back to the Hollywood handbook because the Hollywood handbook is really like an insider's inside look into like what to do and what not to do and what might be the easiest way to success and to make money and to monetize your situation because I'm, I've already lived through the highs and lows of it. I'm going to teach you what to do and what not to do, mm -hmm. you know? And what do you think about modern day music labels? Because you see a lot of controversy on social media about artists not really liking them as much. Well, I mean... It depends on what level artist you are and it depends on who your team is and 
what your deal looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. A 360 deal, which is like a record company is kind of like your manager and your record company. Terrible deal. That's not a good deal because you don't like your show money is what you if you if you make let's say you made two hits. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're a two hit wonder. All right. You made your two hits. You should be able to live off of those two hits for a good amount of time, maybe five to 10 years doing shows mm. where you could make 20, 30, $40,000 a week if you had the right level radio song and you had the right promo and your two songs could last that long. So it all depends on what caliber of artist are you? Are you a career artist? Are you are you future or are you Rich the Kid? Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Are you Little Pump? Are you and well, who are you know, who are you? Yeah, you know, are you too short? Like too short survived all these years. E40 survived all these years. You yeah. know what I mean? Mobile. So you got to think about how many years can you stay relevant in the game? And did you have the right deal? Mm. And at this point, like I said, you got your movie studio and your your social media blaster in your hand where you can cut content and show the world. You have the same thing with music, mm-hmm. same quality of of function. Yeah. Wow, I've learned a lot, David. It's been an honor having you here. <laughs> Thank you, man. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me, and I'm excited to uh, to be here. And you know, whatever I can do to ever help you, help you, I'm happy to do so. Go get the Hollywood Handbook, and uh, you know, check us out. We'll uh, put an affiliate link in the description. That would be amazing, sir. Wayne, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at the Creator. Sean Kelly here, Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in. See Peace. you guys next time.